Hey guys, let's pray first. No, no, uh -huh. video first. Oh yeah, my bad. I'm tripping. <laughs> uh, we're going to show the video. Father, first give the glory, I mean, give the glory and praise that you richly deserve. Uh, just thank you for allowing us to be together, uh, be able to fellowship and encourage one another, and to really take the heart of just your, what your kingdom is like that you want here on earth. I uh, just pray that the class is pointed and that everybody um, take a lot from this class and learn in terms of the topic of class, serving leadership. And I just pray that it 
inspired others, inspire us, but teach them also inspire everyone else to be more like you guys. So I want to say thank you, Lord. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. That was good, but that wasn't, that wasn't as good as I wanted it. Good afternoon, everyone. See, that's music to my ears. I like to hear that. Charge my phone. Okay, appreciate it. Hello? Well, can we present? <laughs> well, in the meantime, wasn't that an awesome video? Yes. Man, I'm inspired. I was inspired yes. by that video. So, 14 on, I just want to thank uh, First North River for allowing myself and Aaron to be able to teach the class to you guys. I know this is something that's both on both each other's hearts uh, in terms of this is what we like to not only contribute towards God, but that's something that's very important that, like, our richly our moniker in terms of our life and our walk with Jesus. And so I just want to thank for everybody that. But before we begin, I know, how many people have handouts? Okay. Who doesn't have handouts? Okay. Jill. Okay, y'all, everybody got it? Okay. Raise your hand, keep your hand Of course, guys, we're going to be, uh, as we go on, a lot of the notes that you guys can add towards it or a lot of the information that we'll give you guys, please feel free to fill it out as we go on. Are you working now? All right. Okay. And so, how many enjoyed that video? Okay. Because I just want to let you guys know that that video inspired the class in terms of, I know you asked, like, what is it in terms of servant leadership, which is pretty much to us servant influence. And as you can see from that, you see his servitude in terms of the environment around him and how he inspired others, but in terms of the environment, in terms of how love and compassion it showed, just being around that situation, how it pretty much, maybe he might not have been a disciple, but that's how he experienced in terms of what God wants all of us to have. And so, before, so I want to introduce Aaron, my <laughs> wonderful sister in Christ. Um, I'm telling you guys, uh, she's a powerful sister. Uh, sister that I respect. In terms of her walk with Jesus, in terms of how she carries herself, it's pretty much how we think of how women should be on in terms of their relationship with God. And she's one of the three angels, I call it, because uh, Jill, uh, Aaron, and of course Liz, she's working, but she'll be speaking tomorrow. If it weren't for them, me leading the ministry would be failure. I know because I know because one of the things I like to pray every morning is when I pray to God, just in terms of guidance and direction and help in terms of the lead the single ministry. And I know that he put people in place like Aaron there for me. And so that I can lay the message. So that's why I also call her boss lady. Because she's already doing everything that well. So come on, boss lady. <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. Uh, and this is Terrence, y'all. He is an awesome servant at Bridgepoint. He came to, and joined our ministry about a year ago. And we are so privileged to, to have him. And I'm privileged to serve alongside him. Uh, he is the leader of our crew, Christ News Everything Within Singles Ministry. And he also serves with our Kairos Prison Ministry um, and with Hope Worldwide. So we're so privileged to have him. And I forgot to add, but also Aaron, she also served as director for the Hope Worldwide local chapter. So a lot of things that we contribute towards Hope Worldwide, the community, and the servitude in terms of how we inspire everybody in Atlanta. Uh, she's one of the, well, she is the head for the local chapter here. And so that's something that God put on our heart to want to continue with her and Jill and everyone else to continue to fight and towards putting down here and not just outside the country. So Aaron, got a few questions? Oh, I have a picker. <laughs> All right. So, you know, as we were thinking about this class and, and wondering what to talk about and how we were going to portray what we're can you guys hear me? Okay. How we were going to portray what we're passionate about. Um, we were thinking about leadership. We were like, you know what? The word influencer is so much more of a powerful word. And so we actually changed the name of the class. We didn't tell y'all, but we did. And uh, welcome to the servant influencer class. Uh, so we're going to open it up with a very uh, with a question that. Is, is geared towards you guys. And so when you think about the word leadership versus the word influencer, what are some of the differences between the two in your mind? And then what are some of the parallels that you think about when you think about the two, the two words? Influence seems a lot. Oh, sorry. That's okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> She's a leader, y'all. <laughs> sorry. I thought you know, but I was like, oh, no, I should have done that. Okay. Um, influence feels like you're bringing a lot of people along with you, like you're helping influence people around you. Whereas leader seems like dominating. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Anyone else? Just a thought, like, um, uh, influencer. You can inf- 
influence other people with your actions or inactions, but a leader like, can't always be the person in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think of leadership, I think of it rooted in like a role or a position, which is great, it gets things done, but I think of somebody who's influential, they don't necessarily need a role or a position to kind of shape mm. how people think, how people feel, the way people behave, and it's not necessarily because of a title or Boy, good. Yeah, boy and wasn't that video such a portrayal of an influencer? Yeah. Yeah. The things that he was doing, he woke up with with good things on his mind to help people. And as he was going along, he influ even a little dog, he influenced. So uh, that was a powerful uh, portrayal of that. Yeah. So influencer is disruptive. Like you notice the way when he gives money, those guys are like this guy. You know? <laughs> but he kept doing it, and he kept disrupting the normal pattern. Exactly. Y'all are good. So that ends that. <laughs> Does somebody have something over here? <laughs> My name is Denise. Hey, Denise. How are you doing? Thank you so much for serving us. No problem. Oh, right. And when I think of a leader and an influence, I think about Jesus. Yep. I feel yeah. like he was both. Mm. I feel like because he influenced people, that would, that's also show that he was a leader. Mm. You can be both mm -hmm. and yeah. do both powerfully mm. and um, still move people's lives without having that one-on-one -on -one because of your life is, because what you do is powerful, it makes people want to be like you. Amen. So you are Amen. Amen. We'll take one more in the back, back there. Oh. And so when we think about how Jesus served, right, he was the ultimate influencer, wasn't he? You know, he was the ultimate influencer. And in order for us in our human nature, right, because we, we striving to be like that, you know, there has to be a transformation that takes place. And so, you know, the world creeps in and they tell us, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours or these new shirts to say me versus everybody. It's so hard to kind of continue that mindset and that transformation process when the world tells us something that's so different. Right. And so countercultural to that is us trying to be transformed in our hearts and our, in our minds. And so um, what about that phrase? You know, there's a phrase that says, you know, treat everybody as you want to be treated. What if we even transformed in our minds that phrase and said, treat everybody better than they deserve to be treated. Isn't that even more counterculture than what we hear each and every day? Amen. So um, 1 Peter 4.11 is a perfect example of that. And we can go ahead and read it. It says, above all else, 
or above all, excuse me, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful swords of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus. And so I have read this scripture over and over along my walk with God. And I read it again um, a few months ago, and it was so powerful, the, the verse 11, where it says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. And so when we think about that transformation of our heart and our mind, that is a strength that God gives us, right? Um, and so it, you mean to tell me that God is going to strengthen me? He's going to strengthen my heart and my mind to be able to serve like Jesus did? Yeah, he will. He will. Um, and so... So, and so we're going to talk about the radical shift from me to we. And people don't know how radical that actually is. Because just think about the world, especially in the Western culture. It's all about me. It's all about I. How much money I can get. How much cars can I have. How much I can, in terms of further my career. It's relatively known when we also have that default first nature, I mean, someone else's nature personality. And so to get the entire world to shift that thinking is radical in itself. And so I want to go point into why these right here, where it says we serve, you can do a couple, you can discover that often the most important things you have to offer are not things at all. And three points we call tap. It's one is time. And the reason why time, because it's about sharing your time, sacrificing things that you probably had to do in order for you to help serve someone else. Just think, so you might have something important that you have to do, but just in terms of serving the community, in terms of homelessness or kids or just helping others and knowing that you give that time, that right there is very radical in terms of the thinking and just Radical in terms of yourself. Right. And then the next was attention. Just being attentive, being attentive to other people's deeds. Because I know for me, a lot of uh, things for me, we think of acts of service or even quality time, it's just that someone pretty much attentive to try to spend time with me and practice sure that I'm encouraged to make sure that they serve me in that area. And so with that mindset, that's another way where it's more so than not me, but to we. So it's not about I, it's about somebody else. And so that's the thinking that we must have in terms of being influenced. It's never about you. So... I'm sorry to fuss everybody. It's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> to be a disciple, it ain't about you. It's about how you can serve others. And then the last one is the presence. In terms of, because I had to learn this even in my early walk. Because sometimes you feel like when somebody talks to you, like, I got to solve their problems. Or I have to find a way to give them the greatest answer. No, show. It's not about that. <laughs> the way it's really happy, because have you ever had when you just go through uh, something or just something in your presence, you just want to not vomit out, but just communicate with somebody? And your question like, no, 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 I don't want you to respond. I just want you to be here and let me just vent to you. Right. And even then, that's so powerful because you never know when you, that person, they can feel comfortable around you. They can feel, show love. That's in a form of love in itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I call these the tap. Each of these three points, it comes from me. To we, it's all three of these points. It's about you. It's about what you can do for others, and that's the mindset that you have. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, Terrence, with that being said, tell us a little bit about how you transitioned your own mindset from that me to we. Absolutely. Um, my story. Click it on. Oh, pressing the wrong button. <laughs> First of all, I do not like that picture of me. <laughs> Sweating the song and stuff and things like that. So let's just, let's just uh, so just close your eyes when it comes to that. Let's just talk about that. Uh, my it ain't score. about you, Terry. You right. Yeah. It ain't about you. You right. Let me read this over again since you come up there. Well, uh, the story that I have. Uh, as you know, I was of course born in Atlanta, born and raised here. Uh, I grew up uh, with my father leaving my mother, and my brother now when I was like a couple weeks old. And so a lot of times, my mom, myself, and my brother we was home. And so a lot of times we lived with her friends or her family for a couple of years until she was able to get on her, her feet. My mom is actually uh, from another, was from, what well, is, from another country in Liberia. So I'm first generation here, of course. And so from during that, yeah, I got you, Tony. Uh, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so during that time, my mindset was that I want, because of my experiences, I did want to help others. So my, my experience was from we, me, to we. And how I transitioned that because first I wanted to help others because of my circumstances. Food stamps, Section 8 housing, being in an environment where it was rough and had to do a lot of things and seen a lot of things. And so my mentality was like, man, I got to figure out a way. How, that's So when I see people, I want to help. But when it transformed to me is when I, I used to pray when I was younger, like pray that my father would come back and just rescue us out of the circumstance or for somebody to do that, like to really help me out. And so when I didn't get there, I became better. 
I started going that formation of me. I started thinking like, of course, we know money over everything. That was my mentality. I can get it where I can. I'm going to find some way. I even had the audacity to talk to God and be like, given my circumstances, I deserve a better situation than I am in the future. So I always had in mind, I'm going to be rich and wealthy because of my circumstance, and God can't tell me anything like that. And so as I transitioned in terms of when I studied the Bible in 2012, came to Cyber Den, I always had that heart. Even when I was in college, I always had the heart to serve. It just it never went into action. And that was what prevented that because I always said I want to be with UNICEF, help the world, help my community, but I never put it into action. And the reason why I feel like I didn't put it into action was because I didn't have that serving mentality or that Christ mindset. And so when I became a disciple, of course it was a slow tribulation to growth, but soon later I started wanting to find outlets in terms of serve. I was one of those young servers who was like, man, we don't got nothing to do. We ain't helping people. When the leadership going to do something, put something together so we can serve and things like that. But then as I grow spiritually, I were like, I shouldn't wait for someone to create. Let me be the creator. Let me be the reason why I want to serve. If there's a need that, or something I want to express myself towards, let me create something so that I can bring people towards, helping towards that. And so, of course, I was baptized in North River. And so, given that, as some of y'all may remember, I used to do service projects every month. Where either we serve the uh, homeless downtown, or whether we do like clothes for the uh, poor, or even when I was part of Yes program, which is still functioning, I was in the beginning stage where I was helping with the kids around the community, and in that way. And so I just wanted to effectively get the needs that I experienced growing up, being an at-risk kid and being someone who didn't have any much. I wanted to show some way in terms of for me to contribute in that way. And that reason why I came to action was because I understood Jesus. When I understood the scripture, like in Mark uh, 25, with sheep to the goats, when, um, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. You visited me while I was in prison. When I was sick, you know, you was there. That's the mindset, oh, you gave me clothes when I needed. So that was my whole mantra of the scripture. So every time I used to do my project, I used to always pray and then use that scripture as the opening because that's a representation of that. And so that was the mindset. Then the next scripture I thought about was Mark 10, 42, 45. Like, if you want to be um, first or great among you, you have to be a servant. And then first 45, we're talking about the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. So a whole mindset has to be for others. That's the default mechanism. I'm sorry to tell you guys, that's your first spiritual gift. Everybody here. <laughs> that's the far you can serve. It's easy to serve. That means it's easy to get up out of yourself and help others. It don't have to be something so uh, tremendous. It could be something small as probably help somebody carry their bags to the car. Things like that is a shift and change. As you saw in the video, the guy did something so simple each time, but it did. you saw how the effect it had with them. And so that's, and then, it's, it's a long story. And so then, a <laughs> little over a year passed, I remember having the heart that I had to leave uh, North River. Of course, it was still my home. I'm alumni here. I've been here for like, at the time, you know, man, for five years. I've been here for five years. And so I was like, I was, had that trepidation and fear to move something new. But I was sort of like being called to move it. I was like, oh, okay, let me try the situation. So when I went to Bridgepoint, I felt that that was the home God put me towards. And the situation went further along, ended up being asked to leave the ministry um, in terms of the single ministry there. And then also I knew in my heart I always wanted to help people who were incarcerated. And like, so that was something they have there in terms of prison ministry called Kairos, and I wanted to affect that way, that way as well. And so I see what God called me during that time. I just let him use me at the time. That's how I transitioned towards using myself in terms of leadership and being influenced. So my story is a little bit different. Um, you know, growing up for me, and shout out to my sister who's here, my older sister who came out this weekend. Sister Young Blue. Yeah, so she can vouch for this story, but my story is a little bit from um, from we to me to we also. And so, you know, growing up in my house was was something else um, in terms of just watching my parents serve and grow. You know, we grew up in church, and you know, my grandmother who fostered children and um, took care of the intellectually challenged in her home and so watching that I grew up to be a compassionate child. I loved people. I used to bring friends home all the time, not even knowing their names and being like, let's feed them, let's hang out, let's do things, right? And then the world, and then the world 
just creeps in. Don't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, into my adolescence and into my teenagehood when your friends um, start, you know, are not really your friends, your so-called friends, you know, getting into relationships where I was hurt and the world just creeps in deeper and deeper and you become, I became selfish, right? I became what the world wanted me to be, which is this me versus everybody. Here's me. My heart became hard towards people. My heart became hard towards, towards serving. And it was like, yeah, I'll serve when it's good for me when it's convenient for me, when I have time, or I'll do my one good deed for the year, and, and that'll be it. And so, um, you know, as I studied the Bible and realized what, what God really wanted me to be, um, I realized that Ezekiel 36 was so true for me. And it says, um, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so, you know, studying the Bible and becoming baptized four years ago, praise God, um, I realized that God was doing that in me and he started to restore that that heart of flesh back into me and so um you know he's renewed in me a passion for hospitality you know that i that i had lost right he was renewed in me um you know that childlike nature that was in me that always loved people that has wanted to help people um and so rewind two years ago when my leaders came to me and said aaron um so i was about to leave and go on a one-year challenge out in london and my leaders came to me and said, Aaron, um, we have a challenge for you right here. Don't leave. Um, we want you to lead the, 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 the Atlanta Metro chapter of Hope Worldwide. And I said, no, not me. Like, uh, I am the least capable person to do that. Um, and at that time, you know, I was a newer disciple. I was two years in, in the game <laughs> and uh, I wasn't ready. I, I felt like, you know, I, me, you know, I'm still a baby spiritually. How, how could it be me? And so, uh, you know, I prompt, you know, just promptings from God and praying and seeking advice. And Philippians 1, 6 says, he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion. Mm -hmm. And so I clung to that. And I was like, okay, God, if I'm going to do this, if you're going to continue to renew me and transform me and, and start this good work in me, I need you to help me see it through. Um, and so two years later, here I am, praise God. And, you know, there's a team of eight of us who, who go out and do things in the community. But I'll tell you guys what, it, it, it takes a transformation. Um, it really does. And um, it, it, that First Peter 4, 11 scripture that talks about serving with the, with the strength that God provides is so true when you get tired and burnt out and when people aren't listening. And, y'all, in that transformation process, I always knew I was bossy. <laughs> and I should think about for that. Uh, but I believe they call that delegation. <laughs> uh, but through this, but through this, right? Somebody agrees with me. Uh, but through this transformation process, God has shown me um, how to be a more effective leader or influencer. Um, and uh, how to really serve with the strength that God provides. And I promise you there is a benefit. There is a benefit that we get from this. And Terrence is going to talk a little bit about that now. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Don't get that. <laughs> Here's the spiritual part of the lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Je- Jeremiah 29, 47. Before, we got to give context. And so we know that Jeremiah, during the t- well, the Is- whole Israelites at the time was being sent over to slavery for the Babylonians with King Nebuchadnezzar because of their d- disobedience for so long. And so at that time, um, the prophet, the false prophet, Hedaniah, of course, saw telling to the curse, though, don't worry, God going to pretty much get us out in two years, and we're going to be fine, he's going to be there for us, which we all know, if you go to verse 10, it speaks about 70 years. And that was a God mindset, because in verse 11, we all know that's, to me, scripture that's kind of get taken out of context a lot, because people use that saying, like, if I'm going through some things, oh, man, if I know the plans for me, he'll have me have prosper, things like that. So God will get me out of my circumstances into something flourishing. Which, if you know context, that's not really what it was. So we're going <laughs> to dig deep to uh, verse 4 through 7, and I'll read it on mine right here. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carry into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. So that t- they too may have sons and daughters. Increasing numbers there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. For Pray to the Lord for it because if it prosper, you too will prosper. So so in my mindset right there, it's a, it shows that God does have a prosper. But it wasn't as his idea more so in terms of that situation was while you're going through the situation you're going through, make the best of it. Find ways to, like you said, build houses, build homes, um, have a family, increase in that way. And then verse 7 talks to seek 
prosperity and peace, which is shalom, as we already know. So seek that mindset in terms of building that up because his idea was that while you're going through that situation, make the best of what you can. And then when eventually, because as you see in the scripture, he said seven years. So the people he was initially speaking to wasn't going to experience that uh, in terms of that recovery back to him. So, but he still said just go to the best of the circumstances. And what we can do here in terms of seeking shalom, peace, and prosperity and how it correlates to here is that all of us in our circumstances may not be going through the highest level of traumatic issues, but we should make the best of what we have right now in terms of how we serve and influence others in, a, in our circumstances. We shouldn't be like waiting until, oh, yeah, God will give us that service. Oh, God will provide. Just like he says to them, build what you have in here. That's the same thing we got to do. Serve what you can have in here. Make the situation see. So when you see needs and issues of the world or even in the church a lot of times, serve in that way. Make, make the best of that situation. Provide yourself in terms of be like Jesus in terms of how he served first. His mentality was the serve first mentality. And so that's how you become influenced in your circles and how you can pretty much seek shalom or seek the way of what God wants to have. It's how you serve in terms of community now. So I'm requesting or give y'all challenges in terms of that mindset, in terms of see what ways you guys can serve. It could be church or it could be in the world, in your community. Seek to find a seek and prosperity. Or the video, as you see, the young, the, the young man did, he basically showed how we should be, in terms of our response should be, not only in the world, but in the church. And so I'm going to let my do what you do. Okay, so then we think about why else. Because uh, three points right here is that serving is to express gratitude. You know how we think about what Jesus did so much for us by putting himself onto the cross. And so we're like, why else would I want to be a disciple? Why else would I want to serve him? That's the same attitude you should have through the world. Like, same thing Jesus uh, sacrificed. What else should I want to not only bring the gospel to everybody, but also bring his mentality to others? Like God did not only preach, but he also served and loved others. So that should be that's how you express gratitude to other people in terms of how you serve them. The next one is to allow yourself to be transformed. Like, you know, remember Romans 12, too, about transforming the renewal of your mind. Well, because you got to think about it. Whenever we serve, a lot of times when we see people who are serving, they, a lot of times they do well spiritually. Typically, not always. And so just having that to, to be that servant help you grow closer with God and grow closer with Jesus in terms of just by you serving, help you change from where you were before and make you further, further away from where you initially was before you knew Christ. So that's how you can serve as a way. Don't y'all feel good when y'all serve? Yeah. But it ain't about y'all. <laughs> but, but it's yeah, I got y'all back. I got y'all back. But, turn, but that's the way you can transform. And then the last part is self-explanatory, like I said, because it was important to Jesus. I know he says in scripture about there will always be a poor, uh, poor monk, but we know that's another different context. But still, that's in terms of how we should serve others and love the poor and love each other. That's how you know you are his disciples. And so serving is loving others. Because basically, like we said earlier, in terms of you giving yourself over to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we, that's why else. And so then when we think about the ministry of Jesus, the ultimate influencer and the example that we're supposed to follow, um, when, when we think about his ministry, preaching, teaching, and healing, let's focus on healing for just a second and that the shalom that um, Terrence just so eloquently stated for us. Um, think about Mark 1 where he healed the lepers. If you were that leper, were you accepted in that community back in those days? Were you, were you loved? Were you even spoken to? Were you, did anyone even come close to you? I think about that scripture because in that scripture, you know, think about his, his sense of acceptance that he felt. Um, and Jesus also tells him to go to the priest and offer a sacrifice, right? And so that was so that he could be accepted back into his community after he healed him. So even the ministry of Jesus, it wasn't just about a physical outward healing. It was also about that inner peace, that shalom, and that wholeness that he restored to all of us, the transformation that he restores to all of us. So we need to remember that, too, when we're, when we're doing tap, time, acceptance, and uh, presence with people, that it's also about a wholeness that you're restoring within them, but also that you feel within yourself that um, Terrence mentioned. I love this quote because uh, this is a quote by Marianne Williamson. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. You are a child God, so uh, your playing small does not serve the world. And when you guys think about some things that hinder you from being an influencer on a day-to-day basis, can you relate to this? Like, what are some things that you guys find are hindrances for you in reaching your fullest potential or being an influencer or maybe getting something started or maybe seeing a vision through that God has given you. Is anyone willing to be transparent for a second? <laughs> yeah. Um, fear. Yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> trusting that God is going to work through me. Mm-hmm. It's one of my biggest, that holds me back. 
like get to work and <laughs> kind of forgetting that that's there and that that's mm -hmm. like you're saying his strength that can do that. So I think the little video is powerful because it's like little things and I think I can tend to think, mm -hmm. well, it doesn't really matter. And they probably don't actually need that money anyway and whatever. We get in our own way, right? Yeah. Yeah. concept of me versus we, I think a lot of times it is about us, and I think that can be a hindrance. And so even going back to Jeremiah 29, 11, where it talks about God having plans for us, a hope in the future, it's like remembering that God has a plan for us. So we may look at someone else and say, man, this person is leading, they're serving, like people recognize them, they're this great person, maybe I should do what they're doing, and we forget that God has a plan for us. It's like sometimes you just got to stay in your lane and allow God to use you where you are. It may not be a podium. It may not be the place where everybody sees that you're doing these great things, it may be in the deep, dark crevices of nowhere. That's so true. That's true. And so I think um, just remembering that, like, God did not call me to be her or her, but he called me to be me. And so mm. being okay with that. Preach. Yes. Not being led by emotions, but allowing the spirit of God to lead. Yeah, because I think so many times, that's Start with you, and then we'll go behind you. <laughs> okay. Uh, just thinking about things that can hinder you. Just really, when you when you think that you're doing it on your own strength, or you're trying to do it on your own strength, you're not really. I think about when Paul he says, "When I'm weak, I'm strong," mm. because you're really recognizing who is the powerful. Yeah. So when I do that, like a lot of weight lifts off of me, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Well, it's not. It's up to God." And like mm -hmm. He has the ultimate power in the say. If this works out. Well, it doesn't matter if it works out or not, whatever I'm trying to do, it's who's being touched by God. Exactly. While you're trying to do it, or if God tells you to do it, just obey. Exactly. Um, no matter what the situation looks like, because he's the one with the power. I am inadequate if it's just me. Yeah. But it's always, if it's with God, like, yeah. who can stop it? It's good stuff. Good stuff. Story. Clap it up for him. <laughs> That's okay. You're brave. You're brave. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right here. To follow up with what the brother said, I agree too. It's my biggest hindrance is overcoming bad experience, cynicism, and doubt, having greater faith. And all it takes is one step. Just one step, and God will do the rest. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yeah. I think a big hindrance for me is honestly my idealism. Mm -hmm. I realize about myself is I either want to see like someone's life completely changed by me or my ministry or whatever, or else I just don't want anything to do with it mm -hmm. because I want like perfect or I want nothing at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I really I feel like I want to work on re recognizing the value and like. <coughs> small things, kind of like that video, like those really do have value to God and to people. 
fries and all that. Mm. How much time do we have? Seven minutes? Okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, we just have this. If anybody has any questions, just come up and ask it. Hey everyone. Hey everyone. I apologize though we said five minutes, but because of time constraint, we have like a minute, minute and a half left. Probably two or three people to share, if possible. Uh, anybody have one? Shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my voice is going away, so I'm really sorry. So I am a college connection mentor at a uh, youth empowerment youth opportunity center mm -hmm. um, called the Oasis Center. Started off as like an emergency like runaway shelter mm -hmm. um, for kids addicted to drugs in the seventies, but they've evolved their programs over time. And let's just say I've had encouraging and discouraging conversations with administrative staff at these high schools that I work in. And so, like, I just feel like there needs to be more youth voices mm -hmm. on, like, the quality of their education. Mm -hmm. Because the schools that I'm in, they're very, like, high diverse, like, ethnic diversity. Like, these kids are coming from Rwanda, DRC, Guatemala. I mean, like, and so in terms of them, like, performing well on these, like, standardized tests are, like, completely ridiculous, you know? Because they're like first generation, like you know. So I feel like there needs to be some kind of like college connection, like youth action council. Mm. I have no idea what that's going to look like, and that terrifies and messed out of me. Such like a strategizer and planner. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it's going to be so effective because the meeting that I was in was just like, yeah, there's just too many like adults talking here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you guys don't know what these kids are going through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you guys are not really like sitting with their struggle and like helping them to see their potential, I think you guys are just trying to style with them in boxes and like these kids are amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with them one on one every single day. Mm -hmm. They're like phenomenal. Mm -hmm. like, a girl from Iran is trying to go to law school because she saw her mom get her GED so that she could become a nurse and like all this stuff. So it's like and now she's like got her minutes on Instagram and like she's trying to go on this whole like
stuff. Good stuff. We have one more. Nah, have we heard from? We'll, we'll go over here. So um, the first two um, problems that you know I've, I've, that are personal, passionate on my heart are um, lack of economic opportunity and employment and um, <coughs> lack of education. And so you know over the last few years, being an educator and now in HR, you know I've, I've worked with that. But I think more recently, the last or so, what's really been on my heart um, is, um, you know, actually having the single ministry have a bigger and better impact, um, not only for just the singles, but on the entire church within, at least within my region, mm-hmm. and then um, in my community as well. And so I think that's going to be my number one uh, thing to work on. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen. You guys learned a little something today. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Um, so really quick, we have a few reference materials. If you are passionate about going away and doing something and being an influencer and seeking shalom and instilling shalom in other people, here are some great reference materials that Terrence and I have read. Um, Toxic Charity is an amazing resource. Um, it talks a little bit about um, when helping hurts and some of the charity that we do that isn't necessarily the best. Um, so it kind of really equips you with um, what you can do in the community that is helpful and not harmful. And then I'm um, going to skip over to Jesus and the Poor by Steve Kennard. He's a disciple within our ministry. I don't know if you guys have ever heard him speak, but he's a powerful, amazing man. Um, and he has done so much with uh, in Africa and all over the world. And so he wrote this book just to help get our minds shifted around Jesus and the Poor. And then I'll let Terry share about the other two. Yeah, the other two that I'm reading, um, of course, certainly leadership by Robert K. Greenlee. He does a lot of the influence in terms of servant leadership. So a lot of the things that we're talking about in terms of some reference points came from that book as well. In terms of that's something that's passionate about being influential. And then, of course, uh, the book that I like the most, John uh, C. Maxwell, he had a slew of books about leadership. And a lot of those times, it's that servant first attitude mm-hmm. that we were speaking about. So this is the one I'm reading right now about the 21 uh, unspensable qualities of a leader. So just certain books. And he got a collection of different leadership books as well that I recommend for you, everyone to read. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we're going to pray out, and then Michelle wants us to remind you, if you have not registered, please go mm-hmm. and do so immediately outside of this room. So let's pray. All right. uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, I just want to say, again, give you the glory and praise and thanks. Uh, just, I know I took a lot out of this class, and I hope everyone also just put upon their hearts to use this platform that we had in terms of being out there, go out there and, and just pretty much spread the gospel. Also serve others in so many different areas because there's so many needs. And so that's why we got so many disciples to fill them. To fill them. And so I just pray that this is just the starting point that will catapult people to want to do more and to inspire. Because we know that when we make the best of our circumstances or make the best of the world that you've given us to bring heaven on earth, um, that's alluding towards what you want to push for in terms of the, um, the way you want all of us as disciples and people in general to love one another and just be uh, in each other's lives. So I just want to say thank you again, Lord, and nature, I pray. Amen. Amen.